2: Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today I have two guests from our hemp team who joined us in Washington, D.C. for lobby days in September, James Granger and Chris Hope. James has built an extensive career focused on the blooming medical and recreational cannabis industry and holds a deep knowledge of cannabinoid effects, extraction and processing, cannabis chemistry, regulation management, consulting politics, operations, product development, and more. He's built an extensive career focused, um, sorry, in 2018, He joined the CLEAR, now the CLEAR Colorado Group team, to rebuild and streamline operations. Now, as chief political officer of Clintel Capital, a Denver based venture capital firm that provides funding and strategic consulting to growth oriented companies in emerging markets. James spearheaded the company's goals of staying ahead of extensive regulatory changes, challenges, and nuances the company may face in the new developing cannabis industry. And Chris Hope has 20 years of experience in the cannabis industry. He founded Sequoia Wellness, a retail cannabis delivery service, in 2013, serving the Los Angeles area. In 2016, he founded Sequoia Management Group as a cannabis and hemp business development and consulting company. Today, The group focuses on the burgeoning industrial hemp industry, focusing on fiber, food, grain, seed, and building materials. He was a founding member and director of member and sponsor relations for Angeles Emeralds, a cannabis advocacy and lobbying group for Los Angeles County. He's been a member of NCIA since 2015 and in 2020 became the committee organizer for our hemp committee. Uh, Now he serves as the chair for the HEMP Committee and contributes to both the sustainability collaboration and the novel synthetic and minor cannabinoid collaboration. Both of these gentlemen are very involved in NCIA's thought leadership and committees, as you can see. So welcome. Thank you both for taking the time to join me on the show today.
3: Thank you very much, Bob. Thank you.
2: Cool. So... I know that was a a lot of an introduction there, but let's learn a little bit more about you both as far as also your background and things you may have done prior to getting involved in cannabis and maybe how you got involved in cannabis as well. Chris, let's start with you.
4: Oh, um, yes. I'm from Los Angeles. And um, like many of our listeners, um, I started experimenting with cannabis in uh, middle school and high school and soon found out if I bought a little bit extra in bulk, I could uh, pay for my own. And from there, I was involved from high school through my mid-20s. At that point in time, um, at, at the retail level, I went to... School for a year in Humboldt County, and got to see a lot of in California. Got to see a lot of what uh, was going on in the industry up there. I eventually got a degree in political science um, in from UCLA, and later I got an MBA from Thunderbird, the American Graduate School of International Management out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, which is now part of ASU. So I have the business and the political side um, from both sides of it, and. I had been, um, I did vote for Prop 215 in 1996 and in California that started the momentum of the medical, uh, medical marijuana field and eventually became the recreational field here and I was um, I was, I kept an eye on it and I was looking at the industry and something came up in 2013. At that time, I actually had been working in the green building business and um, was working with a contractor and we were doing energy um, upgrades for homes and um, buildings. And it just, I was a little bit ahead of the curve and um, wasn't making as much money. And I was hoping that the cannabis An opportunity came up with this retail cannabis delivery service. And I thought, Mm. okay, I'll read, I will subsidize my green building dreams with the cannabis. And it just took off so much. And I just fell in love with the community, fell in love with everybody. When I got into involved with NCIA in 2015, I just, I really felt like these were my people. And I was um, just, I just kept on getting involved and showing up and going to the conferences. And as I, and I got involved with a cannabis advocacy group here in Los Angeles, Um, and we still have issues with licensing and I never got a license um, in the, the the new modern um, regiment of laws. And so I've just been looking at different op- opportunities and hemp was wor- somewhere where I could land. And mm-hmm. I've been working in Missouri and now my two worlds are coming back together because the green building and hemp is really starting to um, come together. And that's one of the projects that I'm working on right now.
2: Oh, that's great to hear. I I am so excited about the future of, of y- using hemp in so many different ways. Thanks for sharing that. All right, James, um, tell me more about your background. I know you've been involved for a long time as well.
5: Oh, yes. Thank you, Bethany. Um, well, my history actually begins a little bit before college as well, where just like Chris, I found that little bit of extra purchase, you know, would uh, supply my own and uh, became very passionate about it in college. Actually, it was more passionate about politics, funny enough, and um, went through college with the full intention of working for the State Department and giving back as a civilian to the government. And uh, upon leaving, changed my mind at the very last second and said, I'm going to go challenge the status quo another way and do something non-toxic and and that helps people and moved out to california and from there really jumped into the nitty-gritty around the large grows and from california progressed the career into met the medical side of things where i really found purpose and drive um with the ability for cannabis to heal so I uh, took that as a sign to change my life around and uh, for the better and and really throw myself into this and I've been doing that for the better part of about 15 years. And uh, luckily, have been you know through all sides of the production side of the industry, loved creating things with my hands, loved the growing side, then loved extraction and processing, and then helped really love building that side of the industry. And strange enough, now the time's called for me to pick up my old college degree and move into the uh, political side of the world, which I'm hoping to have an impact, a longer lasting impact and really solidify the good that we've worked for. The whole industry has worked for up until this point.
2: Lovely. Thanks so much for sharing that as well. So one of the reasons I... Brought you both onto this podcast together was because of our activities out in Washington, D.C. recently in September. Uh, we finally came back in person for our 10th annual cannabis industry lobby days. And we had all these different teams of people. And one is the specialized hemp team. So your messaging to the congressional offices were a little bit different than most of the other groups focused on safe banking and the CAOA and so on. Um, So the hemp team, um, the focus here was a little different, right? So tell me more about what you were focused on during your meetings and also a little bit about the collaboration cuz James you were initially on a different team <laughs> and and you made a last minute decision the night before to to hop over so i want to hear that story actually go ahead and jump into that james if you don't mind
5: sure sure this is this definitely highlights the importance and significance of the NCIA events around lobby days they're a really great rallying point for everybody to come together discuss and strategize. And at the opening mixer, I was, uh, you know, distracted with some pinball and things and ran into Chris. <laughs> and Chris and I had been uh, chatting and uh, cross-committee communication on hemp and canna- and minor and synthetic cannabinoids. And at that moment, we decided it would be a really great collaboration and, and a unified industry approach to Join their team and go in and speak to some of these issues from the regulated cannabis side to, you know, to, uh, and also to learn from them as well. I, I really did pick up a lot of great knowledge from the hemp crew, but man, it was a, a last minute change. I'm sure with the how busy you had the staff growing out there that they were able to accommodate and change things up. It was, really for the better and and made a really significant impact, but it was a very last minute change to put it mildly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So it makes sense though. You're on our cannabis manufacturing committee. Chris is on the hemp committee and there's a collaboration between those two committees, the novel synthetic and minor cannabinoid subcommittee, I believe. Chris, can you speak a little bit more to this?
4: Yeah, this is I, I, we have been. Thank you so much for bringing this up because this is. I, I. I'm so passionate about this, um, and I learn so much every day. And so we, uh, as a committee member and a committee um head we get together once a month and um, all of us get, go for 30 seconds to two minutes and give an update about what we're doing. We go around um, the horn really quickly. There's 14 people. And Paul Paul Coble from the manufacturing committee brought it up that he was putting together this um, novel synthetic and minor cannabinoid subcommittee. I was like, well, we need to be part of that. And so um, the hemp committee got involved and along with the science advisory committee. So it's those three different committees in including the Manufacturing Committee. And I have to give a shout out to Maddie Grant from the uh, the uh, the Government Relations uh, Office of uh, NCIA. She's done a great job interfacing with us. She's learned a lot. We've learned a lot how the process works. And so we've been talking and we have actually a whole parallel set of podcast, webinars, white papers that are gonna be coming out this next year we with the hemp committee have been focusing on the farm bill of 2023 and how that's going to play in and what kind of rules are going to change with this and so paul james me um uh, keith butler and a handful of other people we have been working all together to push some policy and put it together and i went to maddie a while ago and i said look I, I'll do whatever you want to when we go to Washington, D.C. I'm a team player, but I would would you be interested in could we put together a hemp team to talk about this issues? Because we're hearing about it all the time with Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 7, HHC, all these different cannabinoids that are coming out. And so it was a great opportunity. And I just again. Going to the social and James just going, I know you and we, we've been working together and we made a quick little uh, change and he came over to our team. And the rest of the you know 90 plus people were working on safe banking, which I really believe is great. But this is such a nuanced subject that it was mm-hmm. really important for there to be a very specific team. And Maddie was able to put together some really great meetings for us that so were very highly targeted. F- um with congressional uh, offices,
2: wow, yeah, that's great. um very, very inspiring to see this collaboration happening and on the fly to um, super awesome. and thanks for the heads up about all the uh, white papers and blogs and <laughs> podcasts. Thanks for keeping me busy. I appreciate it. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll come back and take a deeper dive with James and Chris. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
2: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and my guests today are James Granger and Chris Hope. And we are talking about our trip to DC. We were lobbying for the cannabis industry. And as I mentioned, most of the attendees, uh, 100 people, were talking to congressional offices about the Safe Banking Act, 280E, as well as the comprehensive reform like the CAOA. So the focus of the hemp team was a little bit different again. So again, you mentioned the farm bill and some of these minor and synthetic novel cannabinoids. Let's, let's really dive into more about that. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah
3: okay
4: so yeah thank you so much um and uh when we got there um i was with keith butler who is our chair emeritus and um eric carlson who is a lawyer and he works with um john murray who is the vice chair of the hemp committee um john wasn't able to make it but eric was so the team was eric carlson keith butler myself, Chris Hope, and James Granger. And we went in and we had six meetings. We met with um, people who, uh, with staff from each congressional representative or senator, sits on the Ag Committee on the respective uh, chambers of the, for the federal government. And so we were able to have high level conversations. For the most part, we weren't sure what we were getting ourselves into, how much information they had. And some knew more, some didn't. And so we went in with the purpose of just educating them on trying to understand how much they knew. And so
3: we went. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups.
4: around. And one of the things, this is just across the board with lobbying and doing lobby days is as you go through the day, you kind of get to understand each other's strengths. And so we became, we had a tag team and I would open it up and just kind of introduce ourselves. And then I would pass it on to James, who would explain a lot about the science. Keith Butler would explain some of the nuances of some of the problems that are happening with the federal government because this is cannabis and it's still schedule one the uh the food and beverage administration can't touch it and there's a lot of nuances with it so that's what we're focusing on and um i'm actually um thinking that what i'll do right now is pass this on to james and he'll talk a little bit about what some of the issues are that we're dealing with with the uh, science of it
2: awesome
5: Sure, Chris. Um, Well, you know, as Chris was saying, it's it's really nice to find your team and and work into a groove. Once we got the groove down, it was formulaic and also a lot of nuance and a lot of reading the room, uh, which was fun. It's it's an interesting perspective to see where some groups are, some offices are very very ten thousand foot view on this, and some could quote back scientific formulation, which was fantastic and. If between that we found a way to speak to the issues and really understand the nuances of it while still promoting the the cross collaboration uh, one of the bigger things on the on the science side of the cannabinoids is obviously everyone's heard of the of the d8s and the uh, and the other minor cannabinoids that are working their way through the loopholes to reach um, audiences that shouldn't Frankly, have access at this point, um, underage, underregulated types of uh, industry. So the first thing we would come and really say and and empathize with them is we don't want this in the hands of children. We're on your side. We want to make sure this is a safe industry. However, we also want to emphasize the potentials that these futures could have, and not only in terms of economic impacts but uh, potential medical impacts. Um, of minor cannabinoids of their effects and how new they are and, and where we stand on it. And to show that the regulated industries and those that care about promoting the safety and the integrity of our industry are there with them to to uh, speak out against these bad actors. Having that rapport built with them, then we could really dive into the minutia of how the farm bill is affecting us. Uh, again, like Chris said, how the FDA um, is is dealing with this issue or not dealing with this issue. And speaking to them from a two sides of the coin type of situation, which I found to be one of the more interesting comments we had was they said this is uh, one of the meetings we had. And in, in paraphrasing here was, you know, this is the first time we've had groups from both sides sitting together talking with us. And we went, the the prohibitionists and, and the cannabis, and they go, no, 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 uh, hemp and and, and marijuana. Mm-hmm. And one of the big points we really were able to discuss with, especially the Senate Ag Committee, We were proud to kind of break the antiquated view of looking at the plant as either cannabis or hemp. When it comes to these mitre and synthetic and novel cannabinoids, we really did be looking at regulation of compounds. That was a real significant breakthrough that we felt, not to mention really put us on their radar for next year's review of the Farm Bill. And and hopefully we get a few phone calls and uh, can continue on with that.
2: Got it. Yeah, super interesting. And I, I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into some of those differences. You, you mentioned they they were saying this is the first time the hemp side and the marijuana side, um, you know, very similar plants, but very different uh, as far as the industry goes. Let, let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into what those differences are and and then what the similarities of goals are. I
4: this sure person, yeah I I wanted to why don't I address this James for a minute I was you know one of the best meetings again I want to thank Maddie Grant so much she was able to put a, a meeting together for us with the Senate Ag Committee so this wasn't these were four people and we were in a somebody in some office um conference room we weren't in. A senator or a congressional rep's office in their lobby in the cafeteria, which were some of the things that we 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 had to encounter. They were ready for us. And there was four of them. And a lot of times when you're going out, and this is kind of to help people understand who you're going to see when you go and meet um, for lobby days. A lot of them are young staff. They're in their sometimes in their 20s, sometimes 30s. Sometimes you get some more senior people, but they are task to understand specific topics and they want to impress their bosses the the senators the congressmen um congresswomen that this is the topic they know it and they know it well so this is your shining moment and this was and i i've done this is my second lobby days but when we walked in and there was four people there We were really impressed and including there was a lawyer there who she must have been in her 60s or 70s and she was seasoned Um, and she was with the Senate Ag Committee and we would say things and she would stop and then she would take a long moment and look at it. And one of the best moments was she said, when we started talking a little bit about industrial hemp, she started, she stopped and said, wait a minute, I think we didn't categorize this in enough categories when we put a um, line between hemp and and cannabis or marijuana. And we said, absolutely. There's just so many different uses of it. And I think she walked away having more questions than answers. And I would bet anything that she did a deep Google dive um, (laughs) went down a rabbit hole that night about hemp and cannabis.
2: (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's really, really exciting. James, what were your impressions about about that and explaining um the differences and similarities to these members of Congress?
5: Well, you know, it was it was nice to see them coming in. Uh, a lot of these folks. it's come in with a really agricultural focused mind, which we, of course need to speak to as an industrial hemp uh, you know uh, voice as well. To bring up to them, hey, we're we're aware of these issues. We understand that this is being uh, used in an intoxicating way, and we're on top of that. And we really want to address that head on really would would loosen the mood. it would it would bring them to an understanding that we're all speaking the same language here, and we're all on the same side of protecting you know our market, protecting our 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 public. And in, and uh, increasing awareness around this issue and not letting it just fall by the wayside, and that Senate ad committee meeting was was absolutely amazing to see that kind of that that kind of engagement to see each specialist in that room and the special counsel who was very seasoned and very understanding of the way things work was able to speak rapid fire to these issues. It was uh, more impactful than I could have even imagined for for a lobbying approach and. and I do sincerely hope that we can continue to engage these groups and help them guide policy around some of these more complex issues going forward.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, let's take our last commercial break here, and we will wrap up our conversation with James and Chris. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
2: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we've been chatting with James Granger and Chris Hope, who attended lobby days in Washington DC with us recently to talk on hemp industry and minor and novel synthetic cannabinoids and some other topics that are a little bit departed from our main issues that we were advocating for, like safe banking. Um, and, And to note what you were saying before the break, often these meetings are not with the actual member of Congress. Sometimes it is. Often they are, you know, running around the hill doing something else. It's often with their staffers, which are typically in their 20s. So there's kind of this joke that, Congress is really run by 25 year old interns, <laughs> right? but <laughs> yeah. but but the ag- the agricultural committee um, it it sounds like you got really some intellectual investment from some more senior level people, which is super encouraging to hear as well. Um, I'm just curious if there's any other experiences or memories uh, that you had, whether it was, your meetings on the Hill or uh, anything, any other experiences while you were in DC that you'd like to share?
5: Well, from a 10,000 foot view, one of the more, one of the more salient things I felt was honestly, I'd never been to DC before this and really lobby and work more on the state level. One thing I'd suggest is really taking in and in DC how things work, how things move, being involved in the flow and the speed and the energy of that type of environment. Uh, One of the great things was very simply having lunch in the house cafeteria and seeing everything from a a four-star general to secret service agents to Mm -hmm. members of Congress sitting, eating together and chatting and the energy that's involved with that. It's Really, I really understand now how people can go out and live there uh, despite the heat and the mosquitoes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those mosquitoes came after my ankles so bad. (laughs) Oh, it was bad. (laughs) It was brutal. (laughs) How about you, Chris?
4: Yeah, I, I thank you. I I love this question because it's, I, I like James. Was I was I studied political science, international relations at UCLA, and loved it. I just loved. I love learning about how our government works, and instead of just complaining about it, learning how to work <laughs> around it. I've worked on yes. campaigns, I've worked on local campaigns. I've started advocacy and lobbying groups here locally in California. and um, you know, and I've been involved in national campaigns as well. um, and but i I, I had this was my second time to do lobby days. and it was just <laughs> excuse me. It was just amazing to be part of it. And the first time I was like a kid in a candy store and like, okay, I'm here. And what am I doing this time? It was so much, it was so focused. So for anybody who's ever done their first one, go to your second one. Cause now you've been around the block and you're going to get to know a little bit about it. I'm also just so happy again, that we were able to work with, um, the government relations office and Maddie that and and help us put together these very specific um, meetings that to talk about this subject. And there's something about it. It's almost like camp because you go, you know, when you were a kid in the summer camp and you all get to meet each other and you're like, OK, well, what do you do and who are you? And you're a little awkward. And by the end, you're, <laughs> you know, a couple days later, you're giving big hugs as we're Aww. doing our fair, uh, farewell party. And I just It it is a delight that I was able to be there Um, when I took I wore a hemp hat while I was there. And I have pictures of me with the Capitol and James and Eric and the team behind us. And I've been sharing those with anybody I can just because it's 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 a pinnacle in my life that I'm able to do this. It's, you know, I get to go in and I have, I have a voice and I'm not just one sitting on the sidelines. So that it's just, it's just been such a great experience and I will go as long as I can. I will be there in lobby days for NCIA.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah. I, I spent the better part of my twenties in Washington, DC as well. And, Even though I don't want to move back there, um, I do really enjoy going back for lobby days. There's a lot of nostalgia and sentimentality for me about about that city as well. (laughs) So uh, I can't wait to go back in May of 2023 as we are announcing our 11th annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days, May 16th, 17th, and 18th. There are sponsorship opportunities available as well. Uh, I believe the, the clear that with James is also going to be stepping up as a sponsor for this next Lobby Days in May. So register for Lobby Days. If you've been in the past, join us again. If it's your first, time hey what what better time than 2023 to join us for for our 11th of official year <laughs> lobbying in Washington DC so thank you both again for joining us um I, I loved hearing your stories um, I'm so energized by by hearing all of this as well so thanks again um, appreciate your time thanks for being on the show today
5: thank you so much bethany thank you bethany great time chatting
2: awesome so thank also to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of ncia's cannabis industry voice until next time